It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Zach Blackerby here with you and a very special guest today. Brad Law with the Auburn Sports Network hanging out with us this morning in studio. Brad, you know, I, I've heard you a lot, and it sounds like you hear me from time to time. I don't think we've ever been on the air at the same time together. Moderately special. I, I don't know that I'd go very special. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay saying with it. moderately special, though. I'm good with that. <laughs> no, I, it's so cool to hear the the intro for the podcast. I listen to the podcast. I very rarely miss the podcast. I appreciate so that. This is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, on this end of it. Are you going to go yeah. back and listen to yourself later, you think? Probably not. I'll probably miss this one. But you ben, know. ben Taylor's waving at you through the window. Hi, Ben. <laughs> oh, Ben. Yeah, man. Well, cool. Uh, so, yeah, you, you mentioned right before we started going that, uh, that Saturday was a blur. <laughs> uh, obviously, a, a huge win for the Tigers. They have yeah. the best win in college football right now. But from your perspective, just from the, you know, the operation standpoint and making yeah. sure the broadcast works, a lot of, a lot of firsts for the broadcast you know, this past Saturday. How did everything go? It went, I think, very smoothly for a first broadcast with some new moving parts in it. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Tisdale, the engineer, and I got to AT&T Stadium about 12.30, 12.45 on Saturday, and we left around 1 o'clock in the morning. So uh, within that time, we had a pregame show that was from field level at a lounge there uh-huh. on at the 50, and, and then everything in the booth, obviously, and some moving parts with that, some special things that that uh, won't be the case for every game so sure yeah it it was a lot um and Andy obviously with a new role he and killed it he really did he nailed it as always yeah as always oh I expected every, nothing less no but still I mean it, it's nice to give him props because yeah. he, he deserves every bit of it every time there's you know whether it was a big call with the touchdown at the end of the game uh, whether it was the you know the, the super regional final call the open of the college world series his open Saturday he, he just he nails the big moment mm-hmm. every single time and that was really great and then I had to take over for him in the locker room and that was bad but it'll be better after this week so he and I have already talked about ways to make it better so okay. yeah so I'll learn and that'll be good fair enough fair enough yeah his call with uh, obviously the the catch with nine seconds left to go I mean the way he uh the way he described that moment I think it was awesome so good for him caught everybody by surprise a little bit because you're thinking all right field goal range field goal here we go We're gonna Bo play Nicks for the wasn't fi- thinking that though no he wasn't and and <laughs> Gus Malzahn wasn't thinking that he said earlier in the week they weren't going to be conservative and that was not a very conservative call at the end of the game. So it, it made for a, a moment that is as dramatic as you could possibly script for a, for, for a game. What, what was the biggest surprise to you about this Auburn team that you saw this past Saturday? The biggest surprise? That's a very good question. Um, I ask good questions here on yeah, the, you uh, the Locked on Auburn podcast. I know. I expected it to be a good question here at the beginning. <laughs> um, I, I think the way that Oregon was able to handle the Auburn defense – for the first quarter yeah uh it didn't surprise me that kevin Steele's side of the ball made adjustments and and they were able to to manage for the, you know, the last three quarters of the game but yeah the way oregon looked as comfortable as they did on offense in the first quarter of the game mm-hmm. was surprising it surprised me that seth williams three of his four catches were on the final drive i thought that he might have been involved more earlier in the game but Oregon's defense was doing some things I guess to take that away too and the catch of his that that wasn't on the final drive was a screenplay for a loss if I remember correctly you're right yeah so 
you know, that was a little bit surprising. I, I don't think Auburn's receivers were 100% healthy going in. Mm-hmm. So maybe that, that they tried to pass as much as they did in the first half. But again, I don't know how much of that is Oregon scheming to... Yeah, taking what you're given kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, so those were a couple of things. It didn't surprise me too much that the linebackers played well. Didn't surprise me all that much how awesome the secondary was. Secondary mm-hmm. was tremendous. Christian yeah. Tutt was great in space. Uh, really, everybody in the secondary was great in space. Uh, but I guess those were a couple of things that surprised me in the game. Yeah, sure, sure. I know our seats and our perspectives uh, during game day is is totally different. So I, I don't know if you're able to kind of keep a pulse on what the the fan base is saying, whether it's on Twitter or message boards or whatever, but the the absolute turnaround in opinion of Bo Nix and just really the whole team from halftime yeah. till about nine seconds left in the game. I mean, it, it's crazy how quick that pivot was. I mean, at, at halftime, people are asking, okay, Where's Joey Gatewood? Maybe maybe yeah. we should try this now. And it's like, all right, it's been three minutes. Like, <laughs> let's yeah. hold on. Now it's okay. Bo Nix is going to be a superstar here. Yeah. Well, you. But that's that's the attitude of your average college football fan, though, isn't it? Everything's maybe extreme. In general. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Sports in general. Um, I think that's the attitude for sports fans in general. We like extremes. We like to. Uh, exaggerate from time to time and we definitely go from one end of the spectrum to the other emotionally Bo Nix didn't have the greatest game that any quarterback has ever had sure he didn't have the worst game even up to that point that a quarterback has ever had but you know in the second half of that game uh, Auburn decided we're just going to run the ball and, and Oregon extended things a little bit defensively to take away the edge they, they widened out a little and that left the middle a little more open and Auburn took advantage of that, and therefore it opened up some things for Bo to, to be able to execute offensively. But right there at the end, a lot of that's Bo there on the last drive, making mm-hmm. the play with his feet for, for the first down on fourth and three. Uh, credit Seth Williams for getting open on third and ten. Sure. And Bo hit him, though, perfectly in stride, allowing him to keep his momentum going, get out of bounds. And, uh, and then the last play, uh, he, he placed the ball well enough that even though Seth lost it in the lights, he's able to to catch it and get in. So uh, I think Bo deserves credit for his poise and and for his grit. And I think now you can see going forward, I, I think it's reasonable to expect that he'll get better game by game. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable expectation to have, no doubt about it. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. No House Advantage is taking an exciting new spin on daily fantasy sports instead of salary cap drafting. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests. Download No House Advantage now from the App Store and use the code LOCKEDON, that's one word, LOCKEDON, to receive two free tokens when you purchase two tokens. That's a $10 value. That's code LOCKEDON to receive two tokens when you purchase two. So, Brad, looking ahead to Tulane, uh, obviously... When the schedule came out and people are talking about this schedule, no one's really looking at Tulane saying, oh my goodness, that's going to be an exciting matchup. I think the most exciting thing just, you know, when you look at it is, okay, it's the home opener. There's always excitement about that. But 
this Auburn team is really taking this team seriously. At least that's the message they sent out on Tuesday. And I think they should because this is a, a Tulane team that can score a lot of points. So you're buying it. You're buying yeah. that they're treating this like an SEC game. I, yeah, I think so. I, okay. I think I, I, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it is the first home game. And man, those guys do get a jolt from playing in front of the home fans, especially for the first time this season. I mean, you think Bo Nix is going to let down at all? in front of the home fans for the first time. It's not the first time he's played in Jordan Air Stadium, but it's the first time in an Auburn uniform that he's done that. Um, I didn't think about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it led Penson Valley to a, to a title there just mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. So, sure. um, And I do think when you watch this Tulane team, they've scored 40 points in back-to-back games going back to last year. It's the first time in seven years that they've done that. Um, the quarterback is a guy who was an SEC caliber recruit coming out of high school. Started or committed to LSU before uh, before going to Tulane. Mm-hmm. And he can run. He can keep a defense honest. Anytime you have a dual-threat quarterback that's a legit playmaker, you've got to take that seriously. And, and I also think that Kevin Steele's demeanor is such uh, – what he preaches is, and I buy this, doesn't matter when you play, what time you play, who you play, where you play – uh, each play has a life of its own, and you got to take them all seriously. Sure. And so I think for the first time out in front of the home fans, and and coaches are pretty good about, all right, we've just come off this big emotional win in Dallas. They've gotten pretty good at reining those guys back in and, and having them focused for the next game. And there's several articles out there right now about you know, Vegas looking at this matchup, kind of anticipating Auburn to fall off emotionally and Tulane yeah. to come in here pretty fired up. So. You know, the line is 18, and mm-hmm. if you would have told me that a few months ago, I would have thought you were crazy. Yeah, I, I agree. And I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't I try not to get into lines. There's a line there that I'm a little wary of crossing there with, I understand. as lines go. But um, I also think Tulane's going to try to slow the game down. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to try to take time off the play clock and speed the game up in terms of overall time, keep the ball out of the Auburn offense, uh, keep the Auburn offense off the field. So, for that reason, and for the fact that you've got big emotional game one, and it is a little harder to get them up again for the for a, a team like Tulane versus a team like Oregon, sure, I think they'll be able to do that. Yeah. The, the risk, if you're Tulane, if you want to slow the game down, like you mentioned, if you're that offense and you, you, know, you take your time between snaps, you kind of mm-hmm. use as much of the play clock as you want, and you go three and out, Two times in a row at any point in the first half, it's okay. You know, Auburn's running maybe three to four times more as many plays as you, and then yeah. then it's over. Yeah, I agree. And that's Tulane's not going to win the game, I don't think, by that strategy alone. They're going to have to get a couple of turnovers. And Execution, Auburn's gonna, yeah, of course. Auburn will have to play flat, and they'll have to get some some really dynamic things bounce their way. Uh, I I think in this game. So, um, but I think that they'll try to do that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think they'll try that. But what I, I think they've got to try mm-hmm. stuff like that because otherwise you're not going to go toe-to-toe with Auburn. There's the differential in talents, just too much. Sure. Do you expect to see more young guys this week? I do, yep. I, I think you'll see maybe a few more of the young linebackers play. I mean, you saw, what, nine or ten guys on a defensive line? I think that's the rotation that Rodney Garner likes. Yeah. If Auburn gets a, a sizable lead and you get into the fourth quarter, maybe you see a guy like Gary Walker Jr. on the defensive line come in and play. Maybe a few more of the guys in the secondary, or at least play more than they did against Oregon. Think about Kevin Steele, Rodney Garner, the rest of the guys on defense. They like playing a lot of guys anyway. 
I hope offensively we see the same thing. I wouldn't mind seeing some some of the the second offensive line in the game if Auburn's sure. got a couple touchdown lead and you get into the fourth quarter because I think you need that. That's you know, Coach Malzahn's talked about building depth a good bit or talked about it a lot in fall camp. Yeah. And you look at five seniors on the offensive line. They're not here next year. Not here next. You got to get them ready. Yeah. You got to take every opportunity with live game snaps to get those guys ready. So I hope we see that. What do you anticipate from the quarterback spot? Assuming Auburn is up in a situation where these backups are able to come in and play, do you expect Joey Gatewood to get the bulk of those, or do you think they kind of say, "Okay, Court Sandberg, here's your chance. Joey's going to play in other packages throughout the year." I would expect Joey to be that guy. I, I think. Um, I also think there will be some other games this year where we see Cord, mm-hmm. but I think as long as Joey's getting the, the second team reps in practice consistently, then when it comes time for the number two guys to come in, it'll be all the number two guys, including yeah. Joey, sure, uh, running, running the regular offense or close to the regular offense, mm-hmm. as close as Gus likes to get when you get in, into a late game with a lead. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would expect that to be Joey. I was really impressed by Joey, by the way. Came in. There's only one play. It's a pretty simple call. Look, take it and leap over yeah. every – use that big frame. But he did it. He got in. It was pretty clutch. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No House Advantage is taking an exciting new spin on daily fantasy sports instead of salary cap drafting. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests. Download No House Advantage now from the App Store and use the code LOCKEDON, that's one word, LOCKEDON, to receive two free tokens when you purchase two tokens. That's a $10 value. That's code LOCKEDON to receive two tokens when you purchase two. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Absolutely. And I think, you know, especially with the way the fan base, and I'm not saying Malzahn cares about what the fan base says, you know, as far as being critical, but you know that that first and first and goal from the three after the mm-hmm. you know and he Malzahn took responsibility for it yeah. after the game. It's like you know I'd like to have that call back and you know they kept moving backwards and backwards and backwards and that's kind of been the biggest complaint from fans as far as his play calling his first his first game back from calling plays or, or taking a hiatus from calling plays rather and that's really the the main criticism of it mm-hmm. all and, and he's he's aware of that so I, I'm curious to see how Joey Gatewood fits into that going forward. I think that this I think Saturday's incredibly compelling in a different way than the Oregon game was compelling all right I I think it's compelling because you want to see all right how different does the offense look how different does the play calling look when you get in that situation where it's now first and goal and you're at the five or in are you just running downhill or do you continue to try to go east and west a little I, I agree I thought it was tremendous that Coach Malzahn came out and said, yeah, I'd like to have it back. we got to run downhill more, yeah. go more to end that situation. Now, early in the fourth quarter with uh, in the in the booby cat, uh, it was downhill running. Yeah, he almost it, scored off of it. Almost scored, exactly. And if he was fresh and at 100%, right. maybe he does score yeah. on that play. I've seen a, a picture floating around out there where there's a whole lot of room, and you go, all right, you're telling me a fresh Whitlow doesn't score on that play. So. Yeah. Um, very compelling to see how different the offense looks against Tulane from a play-calling personnel perspective 
in uh, uh, on Saturday. And that's kind of been my biggest thing, you know. All right, what does Auburn need to do over these next two weeks? Because mm-hmm. the next big one is obviously Texas A and M on the road. How can Bo Nix get better? How can the offense get better? How can the team get better by then? And I think we'll see signs of that on Saturday. Like you said, how, does the scheme look different? Yeah. Is he more comfortable in the pocket? How many more running backs do we see? Mm-hmm. How, how, may, how many fewer carries does Whitlow get against Tulane than he got against Oregon? How many more carries does a Sean Shivers get? Uh, do we see you know? Do we see other guys carrying the ball? Does, does Malik Miller get any action? He looked good in fall camp. He looked good in scrimmages. Sure. Um, terrific third down guy. Do we see him get carries the next couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Do do you see DJ get some carries finally? Yeah, he checked in for about yeah. three seconds against Oregon. There's a lot of people who are excited because he picked Auburn over Oregon. That yeah. was kind of his final two, and there's going to be a lot of excitement about that. And then we didn't really see him after that. Yeah. So is is he? And I know that's something Gus likes when when you get a tight game. He likes to go with a guy, a feature back. Yeah. So you might see a lot of Whitlow early. And then some change of pace as the game goes on. And that was but kind of my biggest thing that I was skeptical of, you know, this whole running back by committee, because that's not what Malzahn no. does. No, it's not. It's not his identity. It's not what he did with Trey Mason in, in 13. It's not what he did with Cameron Artis Payne in 14. Uh, he did it a little more in 15, but some injuries had a little more to do with that as well. There were some games where Peyton Barber got the bulk of the carries, mm-hmm. and then other games where Javon Robinson got the bulk of the carries so and then we obviously know how much Petway carried it in 16 and carry on in 17 so no the the MO is one guy um and I would I I still expect Whitlow to get probably two-thirds of the carries but just how much over the next two weeks does the team afford him the ability to to switch those guys out yeah I mean it's just is that beating on his body worth it Right uh, against you know Tulane and in Kent State in the Woody uh, the the Woody Barrett revenge game. <laughs> the Woody Barrett, that's right. Welcome in the the fighting golden flashes and uh, that's right. He, Woody didn't have a great first week. I know Woody didn't have a great first week, but Who I think he'll he do well in there. Do, do you can you recall? I can't recall. No, no. I used to keep up with the Kent State schedule. I actually used to manage the Kent State radio network. Really? Yeah, I sure did. When I worked up in Winston Salem, I didn't know that. I had Akron and Kent State. Wow. It's not the same as managing a, <laughs> the radio network now. I bet. It was one station and, you know, about three people that you were in contact with. But right. Yeah. No, right. But I've, I've been up to Dick Stadium and, and you know, toured the Kent State campus and all that. That's cool. Yeah, they've got, they've got like pretty much two famous alumni, Nick Saban and Julian Edelman. Is that about it? Well, let's see. They also have, uh, you know, Arsenio Hall is a uh, Kent State grad. Okay, didn't know that. All right, Lou Holtz is a Kent State grad. No way. Yes way. Didn't know that. It's true. You, so. you wouldn't lie to me. No, I wouldn't lie to No, absolutely. <laughs> not to you. I, I appreciate I'd lie that. to plenty of other people, but not to you. By, right. the, by the way. Sure. All right, I thought about you when I went back and watched the telecast, the, the Chris Fowler and Herb Street, and Kenny Britt makes just that, that hit that he makes, the I mean, the resounding hit that he makes. Sure. And Fowler's call on it is, Britt, downhill! And I'm thinking, no, Chris, it's KJ downhill Britt. But it's Brad, not Britt downhill, it's downhill Britt. I'm not exaggerating. Within <laughs> two minutes of that call, yeah. I had at least ten different listeners text me and be like, they clearly listen to your podcast. Mm-hmm. So now the next one I'm trying to do, and maybe you can help me with this, okay. is I want an announcer to say uh, Chainsaw McClain. 
That's that's okay. the next one I want to happen. I and, like it. And if you want to whisper that in Andy's ear and kind of get that ball rolling, I'd appreciate sure. it. But now, did you originate that one, or did oh, one that, of the coaches no, originate no, that? No, that started here. Okay. That started here. All right. And, and the story behind that was I, I was on the lunch break. You know, Painter and Justin do that show for us. And Justin pointed out you know, just the way that so many of his teammates describe him. None of them say, like, oh, he's fast. Oh, you know, he's just strong. It's always, like, really specific in stuff that he does. And he, he was kind of mocking it and saying, like, yeah. like, he comes in like a chainsaw. And I'm like, Chainsaw McLean, that's it. Well, that's, yeah, no, it's perfect. All right, I'll see what I can do. Perfect. See if I can throw my weight around yeah, and pull, make pull, it happen. Pull some strings for me. Sure. No, I, I'd appreciate it. Now, so, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Andy got a lot of the attention as far as, you know, getting the new role as uh, the, you know, the head play-by-play guy. But you uh, folks will hear your voice a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. this um, this sports year. Tell, yeah. tell us about where folks can hear you. We uh, we will now step out from behind the table a little bit at the, uh, at the tailgate show, which starts three hours before the game. Um, and I'll host half of that two-hour tailgate show. Paul Ellen will, will handle half of it, and I'll handle half of it. That seems like such a fun show to do. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and the last few years, when we went from two to three, we made a real conscientious effort to uh, think about the content, mm-hmm. and let's think about what who we're talking to. Really hardcore Auburn fans. Right. Really hardcore Auburn fans getting ready for the game. What What do you want three hours before the game? You don't need all the nuts and bolts. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Let's make it loose. Mm-hmm. And so we've done that, and it's a ton of fun, and uh, we're going to continue to do that. We, we we pick games and pick on each other, and it's, yeah, it's, it's good. It's kind of locker room light, sure. I guess you could say. I love it. Um, and then post-game. Uh, Andy did such a great job for so many years interviewing coaches and players in the locker room, and now I've taken on that responsibility. And so, like I said before, we're going to learn from Andy and get a little better at that. And then um, I'll continue to do what I've done with pregame and halftime at men's basketball until baseball season starts. Okay. And then I'm with every uh, every game that Butch Thompson's team plays, I'm, I'll be with them uh, on the radio. That's so, a fun squad to be a part of. You're not kidding. And and outstanding leadership. I mean, Butch Thompson and the rest of his staff are uh, – they've created a culture within the program. Yeah. Uh, they have a way about them that is real true servant leadership. And I think anybody who's associated with that program – for an entire season, for for any extended period of time, is only going to be better for it. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, we can represent them in a in an appropriate way, and I'm looking forward to that very yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, you're going to do a great job, man. I I absolutely have no doubt about it. Yeah, Butch Thompson is one of the best guys in the world to be around. And something that stood out to me is he came on my morning show, Auburn Oplaga, this morning to preview this this past season as it mm-hmm. was starting. And the last time we talked was towards the end of baseball season the previous year. And at that time, I was like gearing up to get ready. And so, you know, we were small talk between breaks uh, for me to get married. And mm-hmm. so and we were small talk between breaks about that. And, you know, I, I don't talk to him for oh, several months. And he comes in and he's like, so how'd the wedding go? And I'm like, you remembered that? That's, yeah. that's I mean, but that's just kind of the guy he is. You know, when he has a conversation with you, he means every bit of it. Yep. That, yeah. Sincere, genuine mm-hmm. and very humble. He I mean. Every year he's been at Auburn, the team has gone a little bit further. Yeah. And, you know, if he were to let that go to his head a little bit, like, you'd get it. You'd be disappointed, but you'd get it. You'd understand. That's not him. That's though. not him at all. It's yeah. the opposite of how he is. He's, he's you know, he doesn't take the credit personally. 
He gives it to his staff. He gives it to his players. And he's always looking for ways to continue to get better, but not in the way that says, I'm going to win at all costs and I'm just, I'm only about winning. He's just always looking for the way to do right by the player, right by the coach, right by a family. And that's unique. Yeah. It's very special. And it fits in here at Auburn, no doubt. Sure does. Yeah. So will baseball be you and Paul until Andy's done with basketball? Could be Paul and me. I thought it could have been uh, Greg Olson and me until the announcement yesterday that he's (laughs) going to be a volunteer assistant. So, you know, we we may be looking for some others to to fill in a game or two because Paul will slide over to basketball and fill in and and handle basketball when I have baseball duties okay. so gotcha. you know for those games I, I couldn't tell you today wh- exactly what we're going to do every time out all but, right uh, fair enough yeah we'll figure it out and make it good man it's been a blast talking to you i don't see you as much as i would like man i know you're busy but thank you so much for stopping by the studio for a few minutes likewise this is awesome you're awesome and i can't wait to hear tomorrow's podcast <laughs> fair enough that's brad law with the auburn sports network hanging out with us on today's edition of the show be sure to tune in tomorrow like brad will be We'll be back tomorrow. This is a Locked On Auburn podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.